0: The next episode of Nerd, Flicks, and Chill will start in 3,
1: 2, one, zero. Hey everybody, this is Nick.
0: And this is Carrie.
1: And we are Nerd, Flicks, and Chill. And in this episode we're going to be doing another recap of Sharp Objects. This was the third episode, entitled Fix. And uh, before we get into our recap of the episode... It's always good to catch up with Carrie every so often to find out where in the world you are and what's going on with Walking with Dinosaurs.
0: I am currently in Birmingham in England, and uh, we've done a couple shows here so far. We have another day of shows before we move to Liverpool and then on to Manchester, both cities next week. Uh, but there's a big thing that's been going on, uh, from the show. We did, or rather, uh, Baby T-Rex and Mama T-Rex did an appearance on the BBC this past week. And, uh, there's a clip of it that's been going around online and it's got over 14 million views so far. So chances are, if you've seen a clip, of a gigantic animatronic T-Rex, that's from our show. So it gives you a little bit of a taste of what I do.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been making the rounds on social media. I saw friends of mine posting that on Facebook. It's got to be a really great bit of uh, publicity for your show.
0: Heck yeah, I hope it gets some butts in the seats. That's job security for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. So it's always good to hear where you are and what time zone you're in because it makes it easier for us to record the show when we know what time zones each of us are in. That's why we're recording a little bit later this week uh, because I was also in a different time zone than I normally am for most of the week. So here we are, able to finally connect and record our show.
0: I know. Look at us. Us travelers. Work travelers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this week's episode, Fix... Um, I think this episode spends a lot of time focusing more on Camille and some family elements more than it does the actual mystery at play here. What did you think of this week's episode?
0: Um, I kind of have mixed feelings about this episode. Um, again, I, the first time I watched it, there's a lot that I missed and I (laughs) keep making the mistake of trying to do too many things at once. And there's so much that happens in this show where there's no dialogue happening. And there's lots of quick little cuts. And those quick little cuts give you a lot of information. So there's a lot of stuff that I missed the first time. And I knew it. And I knew that I had to go back and watch it a second time. And I'm glad that I did. Um But I I have... The reason why I have mixed feelings on this episode, I feel like, you know, the first two... We're just kind of getting us rolling. It was kind of a tease, just giving you a taste. We're now into the third episode and it's like, okay, I want something a little meatier. I almost feel like this is starting to feel like an abusive relationship. I feel like I'm being teased still. I need to be given a little bit more. Enough with the teasing. Let's let's start to move the dial on this a little bit more.
1: I, th- I actually think this is, this episode was excellent. I uh, I really like this a lot. It it takes a little bit away from the murder mystery that's happening here, but it focuses on Camille's trauma and really serves to flesh out her character. And I think it's all kind of triggered in this episode by her first interaction with Ama, where you know she's crashed the cart into the rose bushes and. You know, there's this moment that these two have together where Amma is um, is seemingly, you know, trying to bond with Camille. Although it does feel somewhat disingenuous and Camille kind of rejects her. Right. And over the course of this episode, we find out why she rejects her. Because Camille is unable to fix other people.
0: Well, I... I think she feels that she it that she contributes to their downfall. It's not that yep. she can't fix sure. people, but it's like I, I think she feels that it's just the opposite—that she breaks people.
1: Yeah, that could be one way of uh, of looking at it. I think that in this episode, the other the other thing that I really like is it shows what it it's it shows why she may keep people at arm's reach. You know, she's had this history that we've seen here of not failing people that she's close to, but uh, maybe perceiving that she has failed the people that she's close to. You know, the, the the big sister role, I think, is something that she does not feel that she is suited for. Right. She may be a caring person, but, you know, her first sister died, uh, her kind of surrogate sister, Alice, this girl that she meets when she's, you know, in this uh, clinic, you know, kind of becomes like a surrogate sister to her, and she ends up taking her own life. So I think that those two experiences are part of the reason why she's pushing Ama away here, and I also think that there are aspects of Ama's character that maybe ring false to her as well.
0: Yeah, because I think she recognizes it.
1: Absolutely. I so, mean, so there's probably a little bit of there's probably a little bit of both things that are happening here, uh where you know, she's noticing there's that that disingenuous nature to Ama, but also she doesn't want to necessarily be um in that kind of big sister role because she is afraid of failing somebody else. Right. Or breaking somebody else.
0: Right. Yeah, I like i said i'm I'm torn because the the episode on its own I think there's some really good stuff that happens in it I think there's some really compelling things, but at the same time when I'm looking at it as part of a series and this is the third one in the series you know again i'm just i'm i'm wanting I'm wanting it to move forward a little
1: bit more yeah,
0: um, but there's the pace so of much it so
1: the back pace the the background that we don't know.
0: No, that's true, and that's the thing is that I think the pace is is starting to really feel slow. Um, there's a lot that's there, and they are they're presenting it in such a drawn out way, and you know that's that's why I have such a, a conflicting thing about it. That when I can look at an individual episode, and I'm like, yeah, there's some interesting stuff that's there, but when I'm looking at it as a, a, an entire piece. As that this is the third episode of, of a greater series, it's like there it, it just feels it's starting to feel slow. And I, I'm I'm needing something more exciting to happen.
1: Yeah, I'm not getting that at all. I mean I'm I, I think it's <laughs> deliberate. I think it's a deliberate show, but I think there are aspects to Camille's backstory that we need filled in, and uh, this episode really started to fill in big chunks of it. I think there are still other things from her childhood that need to get filled in for us to have kind of a complete picture of uh, the emotional and psychological state of this character. Um, So I think that we're going to need more of those backstory pieces filled in, but this is as much a story about her as as it is a story about a murder in a small town. So I think that in in that aspect, I think they're doing a really good job of of giving us that backstory. One of the great touches that exists in this episode are the uh, mental triggers that she has, whether it's seeing a light through that's a red light blurred through a rainy windshield that draws her mind back to Flowers through, uh, you know, the door that her mother brought her when she was in the clinic. Um, you know, these great little um, kind of cognitive triggers that exist that lead us into some of the different flashbacks. I think that's a really great touch here.
0: There is, and that was that was some of the stuff that I um, kind of missed when I first watched it because there's so there's so many moments in this show where there's no dialogue that's happening and it's just strictly visual. And it's a lot of quick cuts and you really have to pay attention. And I keep making the mistake of, of being busy or too tired to watch, <laughs> which is bad. Um, but yeah, this is, this is definitely one that you have to sit and pay attention to, which I think for some people, some people might find that a little bit difficult, um, to really, focus in on this because this is this is a show that you definitely have to really focus in on because there's some stuff that can be a little confusing um but i kind of like it (laughs) i'm so torn right now i like it but i'm getting frustrated by it
1: right and i another thing that i found to be um kind of an interesting element of this week's episode is they keep fleshing out ama as this almost dastardly villain. And I wonder why that is.
0: I think it's a red herring. It's a misdirection.
1: Like, is this, yeah. And I think there's, that's that authenticity of her character. Is she legitimately this bad girl uh, or is she faking it? And I think there's, uh, you know, there's enough to suspect either. I mean, She certainly left enough clues out there to suggest that she might be somehow wrapped up in all of this, especially when she talks about how her friends will do anything for her and, you know, all this other stuff. So I think if you're watching the show and and wondering if she, you know, is a potential suspect in all of this or is somehow wrapped up in this whole thing, I think you have definitely uh, a good reason to to think that but i think you could also go with the other route that she's just somebody who is pretending she's this bad girl wanting to emulate all the stories that maybe she heard about camille
0: yeah i think it's somebody who is wanting to get a rise out of people i think she's somebody who's trying to get attention she's somebody who's trying to um find her own way and and is fighting the duplicity between um what she presents to her family and then what she is on you know with her friends so um yeah i think it's a red herring i think there's a lot of red herrings in this show um i think there are multiple people that you could possibly see as being involved with this potential or with this crime there's a lot of potential with a lot of people
1: absolutely Uh, another thing they they've done with the storytelling in this show is the way they set up these cross cuts and the end of the episode to me was really was really well done where we see um alice you know taking her own life and um you know Camille's reaction to it and then it cross cuts oddly enough to her father
0: yeah that's really interesting um and i'm wondering what they're saying there because at first i thought that was he possibly Alice's father because i know that that's not her actual father Amy Adams' stepfather.
1: I don't know. It's possible. so is he maybe involved sure. with
0: her? Because when we see Alice and like the dog, and we see the mother, we don't see a father. Right. But I, 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 I don't know if maybe that's just too on the nose. But that was an interesting, an interesting cut there. An interesting edit, I thought. And I, I, I think it's yeah. saying something, but I'm not clear.
1: Well, also the way he always has headphones on too, and he's always listening to music as a form of escape, oh, but true. it's also showing that, that there is something volatile inside of him seemingly as well. Yeah. And we don't know what that is. That's kind of a, a new aspect that's been introduced in this episode that's gonna have to play itself out a little bit. Um, but we know that he definitely has something lingering inside of him that, that needs to be, uh, revealed in these future episodes. But it was just a very interesting way to include that in the crosscut.
0: Yeah, it, it, he was, like, biting his hand or his wrist or something.
1: Yeah, he's doing that thing like uh, James Caan and the Godfather where they really bite their knuckles. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, that that's going to set up for some interesting stuff down the line. The relationship between Adora and her two daughters is... You know, with camille and and Ama is also getting more and more strained. I still don't know what to make of Adora. She seems to have this uh, constant anxiety about everything all the time,
0: yeah, yeah, there's there's certain aspects of her that ring a little close to home <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, it's kind of creepy. But, um, you know who really struck me as odd was the girlfriend of the brother whose sister was murdered.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wearing a, uh, wearing a cheerleader outfit.
0: Yeah, outside of school. School's right. not even going on. And, oh, I'm just feeling the spirit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And she had to dominate the entire conversation right she she orchestrated the whole meeting and it's like she was playing the puppet master for the whole thing and um yeah there's just something about her that i don't trust
1: yeah i mean that's kind of par for the course in this show in that everybody is always putting on a facade yeah. You know, nobody is ever who they are uh at first glance. So that's what makes this that's what makes everybody potentially so suspicious. But I thought the I thought the interactions between Ama and uh Camille were, were really interesting this episode. I think that there's just uh so much kind of antagonism coming from Ama that that is really starting to set up a confrontation between those two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. tension.
1: You know, this whole Teller about the boys, all the boys and, mm-hmm. you know, the, all this stuff, all the 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 kind of jabbing at her, sticking a lollipop in her hair, you know, doing these kinds of things. Um it's really starting to to build the tension between those characters
0: yeah yeah and like i said i think she is um almost just wanting to get a rise like she's heard presumably all her life how volatile or how dangerous camille is and i think she's just trying to poke the sleeping bear you know um she's wanting to get a rise out of her okay let's let's see how volatile you really are how bad are you? I've heard how dangerous you are and how I'm not safe around you. Let's see it. That's what I think all of that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. I think there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Um But I think there are a few different things that we should keep in mind here. Uh We did get the idea kind of... Um, out into the forefront that the one detective thinks that the killer is a local and you've got the um, sheriff who believes that it is some stranger that is just passing through town. So we've got that kind of confrontation here that, you know, it, it, we don't know why uh, we believe that maybe the sheriff is just in denial to a certain extent.
0: He's yeah, and and he's racist. <laughs> um, oh, no, absolutely. Or is does he maybe know something and he's trying to cover up for somebody? Or is he not entirely innocent himself? You know, who knows? It's it's so early on, and there's like I said, I think there's so many red herrings at, all over the place. You know, it yeah. could, it, right right now it, it's so early in the game; it could really go any way. <laughs>
1: Well, you mentioned, uh, John's girlfriend, the girl, I think her name was Ashley, the one who was dressed like a cheerleader. Uh, you know, you said that it was, you know, she was very suspicious in in the way she acted. And one of the other things that also comes out is that Amma and her do not get along. Right. Amma doesn't like her. She kind of wants John for herself, maybe, or thinks that John is interested in her. Uh, so there is some sort of, uh, maybe love triangle kind of thing going on there. So I think that's, you know, that's something else that's, that's out there. Uh Also in that scene, you get the idea that maybe when Camille is interviewing John and Ashley steps in to say that they were together, that mm-hmm. she might be lying to kind of try to protect him. Right. Which is not smart at all.
0: Yeah. Like I said, she was just trying to dominate The entire conversation, you know, when, um, Camille starts to record and she asks, you know, tell me, tell our readers about your, about your sister. Ashley's the one who answers. Right. Not the brothers. Like she has to, it's like she has to be in control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to me, this episode is really all about Camille, and I really enjoyed that. I mean, I think the scenes with her and Alice in the clinic, I think, are awesome. Yeah. I think they're, they show this kind of, um, sweetness and this kind of relatability between these two characters who have very, um, you know, very serious issues.
0: Yeah, I really like the actress that plays Alice. She's also, uh, was just recently in, uh, The Handmaid's Tale in season two of The Handmaid's Tale and plays a very, um, troubled, tragic character as well. So she, she, uh, definitely has a, a type of role that she chooses from these two that I know of. But, um, yeah, she's really good on The Handmaid's Tale as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping we would, we were going to have a little bit more of her, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Well, and, and the more
1: background that we get about Camille, particularly with this stuff with Alice, the more frustrating it is to see her relationship with her mother and to see the way Adora speaks to her and almost gaslights her. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. you know, uh, so, and, and it is very frustrating. It, it does, you know, make you wonder where in Camille's life did she ever have genuine affection from another person?
0: Oh yeah, especially that scene where um her mother is working on or trying to fix the roses, right, and the mother accidentally cuts her hand and she's like, look what you look what you've done yeah and and just oh nothing's ever your you know, oh nothing's ever your fault, but you know you never mean to do anything. But look what you've done! Ugh. Yeah. Gosh.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to watch. I mean, the I think that's what this episode does really well. It gives us um, some of the background for Camille, but also helps us better understand her isolation. And I think Amy Adams just crushes it in this role. She is, uh, she is a mega talent, man. She is really good.
0: Yeah, I like seeing her in these more intense roles. I mean, she's all fine and dandy in the, you know, Muppets and in the, um, what was it, like the live action Disney thing that she did? Um, uh, Enchanted or whatever it was called. But, uh, I, I like seeing her in this gritty, darker, more intense and emotional role. She takes to this really well
1: yeah she's a she's a super talent i mean uh it's always great to watch her work and i think uh it really does i don't know it really does play to her strengths as an actress the stuff that she's being given here i mean she's been bubbly and fun and in, in some things but i think she plays this so well that to me this seems like this is her wheelhouse.
0: You know, I'm going to make an early prediction. I would not be surprised if we see this role for her nominated for an Emmy.
1: Oh, yeah. I, it it would not surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I think this is a very... Uh... It's a very strong show and it's a great vehicle for an actor. Yeah. And you know, particularly with, with some of the stuff that they're given to work with. I mean, there is a lot of intense drama and there is deliberate pacing. There are some longer takes in here as well. So it's it's all that stuff that kind of that kind of feeds everything that's happening. And I think that's uh why yeah, you're right. She's going to get a lot of recognition for it. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this week's episode?
0: no, i'm just um i'm I'm hoping that episode four is a little bit more juicy you know this is this has been good it's it's been more of a psychological type show but i i I don't know i just i i want i want something big and juicy to happen i'm I'm ready for it it's like i'm I'm done with <laughs> the the slow pace and this tease it's like okay, you've got me this is i like what you're doing I like where this is going. Give me something to bite. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping we get that in episode four. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think we're if if the preview for next week's episode is to uh, indicate what's happening like it should, then I think we'll get a lot of background on Camille, you know, maybe kind of fully flesh out where she is um, and kind of what the perceptions of her are. So I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes. Um, still digging Amy Adams' performance a lot. Still liking all the stylistic choices that they're making. The idea to do that uh, kind of finale of this episode with no dialogue, I thought was really excellent. It's a, it's a, just a great sign when you see visual storytelling that's that good.
0: I just realized that I have not seen the preview for next episode.
1: Ah, well, you should check it out.
0: I think I will.
1: All right, so you guys have heard our thoughts on Sharp Objects, Episode 3. I believe this one was called Fix. Um, but we'd like to hear yours as well, so hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. And you can find us at Nerdflix Chill. You can also uh, listen on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you are listening on one of those platforms, throw us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can also find all of our new episodes over at LRMOnline.com. Thank you guys for listening. Hope to uh, talk to you again soon next week with uh, the recap of Sharp Objects, Episode 4. Until next time, may the forest be with you because the night is dark and full of terrors.